Everything is inspired by the teachings of His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, who is the founder and chair of the International Society of Krishna Consciousness. Om Agarati Maranda Shagarangana Sanakya Chaksuru Miritam Yanatashma we even talk today, Krishna or God keeps the accounts. Everybody, no exceptions, goes through situations in life that seem unfair. Seems unfair that someone could lie about you, get away with it. Seems unfair that your sister can have children, but you can't. Seems unfair that you have to raise that special needs child. Seems unfair that you lost a loved one. We spent a couple of days in the hospital this last week with uh, Anjali Dasgupta, who left her body on Friday night. Life throws curveballs. What can you do? Not everything goes according to plan. Well, here's what I've learned. The life is not fair. Krishna, God, is fair. There was a television program preceding the 1998 Winter Olympics featuring blind skiers being trained for slalom, skiing, as impossible as that sounds. They were paired with sighted skiers. They started out on the flats. The sighted skiers would call out to them when to make left and when to make right turns. And when that was mastered, then they entered into the slalom slopes. Sighted skiers skied downhill beside them, shouting left, shouting right. And as they were attuned to and obeyed the commands, they were, lo and behold, able to negotiate the course, cross the finish line, depending solely on the shouted commands of those who could see. That's a great metaphor for us to get through the difficult, perilous waters of this material world. We are like those blind skiers, each and every one of us, visually impaired. What do I mean by that? I mean that when I close my eyes, everything's dark. I can't see on the other side of Mount Timpanogos. I can't even see the details on this side of Mount Timpanogos. I can't see what's on the other side of that wall, what to speak. I can't see the future. I can't see what's down the road, what dead ends there are, what right or left turns or what detours there might be up ahead on the journey of my life. So I cannot depend, should not depend, would be foolish to depend on only what I can see. However, we have a greater, more powerful sense at our disposal, using which, though we're visually impaired, we can slalom through the dangerous twists and turns of life and get ourselves to where we need to go. And that means hearing from scriptural references, from saintly persons. Krishna is described in the Bhagavad-gita, Krishna God sees past, he sees present, he sees future. Here's a poem, that's one of my favorite poems. Krishna God's ways may twist and turn, my heart may throb and ache, but my soul is no concern, because he makes no mistake. My cherished plans may go astray, my hopes may fade away, but I'll still trust in him to leave because he knows the way. Though the night be dark and the light take forever to break, I'm going to go along with him because he makes no mistake. There's so much I cannot see, my eyesight parted dim, who am I to disagree? 
just going to go along with him. And guess what? By and by, the mist will lift and the foggy night will fade and the rising sun will make it plain. He made not one single solitary mistake. And what we have to do for our part is keep from being bitter about what we don't have. Rather, take advantage of what we do have. Sightless people who skied down the slalom course didn't waste their time feeling sorry for themselves because they didn't have eyes, but they took advantage of the sighted skiers, followed their commands. They got to the very, very same place that they would have got had they been sighted. Similarly, if we hear from the right authorities, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, God through sound vibration can get us to where we need to go. He'll pay you back for all the unfair things that have happened to you. So what should we do? Don't let one bad break spoil the rest of your life. Don't let one divorce, one sickness, the loss of one loved one, one bankruptcy, a bad childhood keep you from the amazing future that God has in store for you. What may have happened put you at a temporary disadvantage. They played politics. You didn't get the promotion. The company let you go after 20 years of faithful service. Your parents didn't have time for you growing up. Someone abandoned you when you needed them the most. But what they did, can I tell you, did not stop God's plan for your life. Because they don't have the final say. Krishna, or God, has the final say. Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita says, One who does good is never overcome by evil. To put it another way, there may be weeping in the night, but joy comes in the morning. Nothing that happens to us is a surprise to Krishna or God. He knows past, he knows present, he knows future, he has the restoration, he has the vindication, he has the new beginnings, all lying up. Reciting an instance from the great Indian epic, the Mahabharata, the righteous Pandavas were cheated of their kingdom in a crooked dice game arranged by Duryodhana and sent into exile for 14 years. The dirty tricks of Duryodhana betrayed the Pandavas, cheated them of their rightful kingdom, and set them cooling their heels in the woods for 13 years. They didn't have a pity party. They didn't get bitter. They didn't get resentful. They spent their time in the forest profitably, cultivating spiritual wisdom, taking advantage of the great saints and sages who lived there, to hear the uplifting, inspiring stories of great saints and heroes and kings from thousands and thousands and thousands of years in the past. And they had the faith that Krishna God knows every wrong that's been done to you. He's seen every person who's hurt you. He knows about every tear that you've shed, every lonely night that you've spent. And there comes a point when the Lord says, that's it, enough is enough. Now I'm going to do something about it. And when the Lord intervenes, He's not just going to give you what you deserve. He's not just going to make the enemy pay and give you back what you lost, but He's going to give you back double what you had before because you passed the test. Duryodhana, after having won the Pandavas kingdom, all of their possessions, and in his mind, he won their wife also. He considered in his twisted mind that he now owned the wife of the Pandas, Dropadi. He sent his brother Dushashan into the woman's chambers. He grabbed Dropadi by the hair, dragged her into the public assembly, and tried to strip her naked. 
And while all this was going on, Duryodhan was sitting up on a higher dais and luridly, improperly saying, Come here, Dropin, you're mine now. Sit on my lap. All the while slapping his upper thigh. Well, eventually the Pandas fulfilled all the conditions. They came back from exile. There was an 18-day war, and on the last day of the war, Bhima, the second son of the Pandavas, fought a duel with Duryodhana with clubs and maces, and due to the indications given by Krishna, Bhima crushed, crushed that thigh of Duryodhana. He lay with a broken thigh, unable to stand in the dust, surrounded by jackals and vultures. Krishna sees every time you do the right thing and you get taken advantage of. Every time you take the high road and let it go. Every time you worked hard and didn't get the credit. Right now we have a big crisis in the Middle East. Horrible, barbaric, unthinkable, unconscionable, even depraved. Go and machine gun babies in their cradle in kibbutz. But in retaliation, 500 Palestinian children are now dead. Gandhi said, an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. Krishna is closely watching. We all have accounts with him and he will pay us back if we leave it to him, let him fight our battles. Because when we take matters of justice into our own hands, retribution, payback, it doesn't go well. I think you'll all agree with me. He will pay you back with interest for every unfair thing. For that person who falsely accused you. For the years you lost in an abusive relationship, he will pay you back for that childhood that you didn't have. And he will do so abundantly. Dhruva, a five-year-old boy, was supposed to be the king. But the king, his father, had married a younger wife who now had his favor. And this boy, Dhruva's mother, was older and out of favor with the king. So it looked like Dhruva, although he was the rightful heir to the throne, was going to get passed over by his younger stepbrother. Proven that was one day when Dhruva, as a five-year-old boy, trying to get on the lap of his father, his father wouldn't let him get up on his lap. His stepmother said something very harsh and cruel. With a very hurtful intention, she said, Dhruva, if you want to sit on your father's lap, then you better do austerities. Please, the Supreme Personality of God, so that you take your next birth from my womb. <laughs> wow. What a thing to say to a five-year-old boy. Would you say that was an unfair situation? So he went to his mother. His mother said to him something very interesting. His mother said, that was good advice. Because when we take things into our hands, even as adults, even as countries, even as armies and militaries, it doesn't go well. What to speak of a five-year-old boy? She was saying, don't get mad at your stepbrother. Don't blame your stepmother. Look to the Lord. Only He can educate matters of fairness and unfairness and justice and injustice. So he said, fair enough. Where do I find him? She said, well, saints and sages go into the Himalayas to find God. Druva, five years old, he goes marching into the jungle all alone. Doesn't even have a credit card, a cell phone, nothing. And he has no idea who or what God looks like, so he's asking the rabbits, are you God? He's asking the deer, are you God? He's asking the 
birds are you done? Finally, feeling pity on him, a great sage named Nardamuni comes. Drew Bass, are you God? And Nardamuni says, no, no, I'm not God. But I can tell you something about God. He explained to Dhruva that if he chanted, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare, he controlled his senses, eventually God would be pleased and reveal himself before him. That happened after six months, standing on one leg in tree pose, merging the ingoing air into the outgoing air, not eating, not even drinking. Eventually the Lord in his forearm Vishnu form, as you see from those pictures, appeared before Dhruva Maharaj. At that time, the Lord granted Dhruva Maharaj the benediction that not only would he inherit his father's kingdom, but he would inherit the pole star, which is the north star in the sky. It's a kingdom a hundred times, nay, a thousand times greater than the kingdom of which he was cheated. It's a kingdom even greater than that of Lord Brahman, who creates the universe, because the pole star is not dissolved. The pole star is not annihilated when the rest of the universe is annihilated. It's kind of like an eternal planet within the material world. And he was granted the blessing that he would rule there for 60,000 years by the calculation of demigods, at the end of which time he would go back home, back to God. So was Dhruva ecstatic? He had his wishes fulfilled times a thousand? Was he like, yes! Was he doing a, like a victory dance in the end zone? Actually, just the opposite. He was feeling very ashamed very embarrassed because having seen the unlimitedly beautiful and all-powerful form of the Lord, any desire to use the Lord for our purposes was gone. It was replaced by a desire simply to serve the Lord unconditionally. Crude example. If you're the personal servant of Mark Jergensmeyer or Elon Musk or Brazos or any of those guys, are you going to have to worry about a roof over your head? You're going to have to worry about next where your next meal is going to come from. You're going to have to worry about a tire program. You're going to have to worry about transportation. None of that. You just serve them nicely. You become indispensable. You'll live in a wonderful house with wonderful transportation. You'll eat the same food they have. If you're a good servant to a great, powerful man, you needn't worry about the small stuff. Juva realized this essential truth. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and then everything else will be taken care of. So he concluded, after having gotten the benediction of a kingdom greater than this universe itself, this is what he said. <laughs> oh my Lord, because I was seeking an opulent material position, I was performing severe types of penance and austerity. Now I have gotten you, who are very difficult, even for the great demigods, saintly persons and kings to attain. I was searching after a piece of broken glass, Aramis, and instead I got a most valuable jewel. Therefore, I am so satisfied that I do not wish to ask any benediction from you. Someone says, well, sure, you don't know my situation. You don't know what I've been through. I grant you may have had your share of bad breaks or more than your share of bad breaks. But our advice is, don't get all down and depressed thinking that this is as far as you go in life. Stir yourself up. It's restoration time. It's renewal time. Payback time. Vindication time. 
It's only a matter of time if you've kept in first place before God will intervene on your behalf. Some of you out there, you have pending cases, abuse, neglected in childhood. Can I tell you that Krishna will adopt you as his own? If your parents didn't have time for you, if your parents weren't there growing up, Krishna is saying to you today, I will adopt you as my own. You're a child of the Almighty God. You have royal blood flowing in your veins. You're one of a kind. He loves each and every one of you, and He created each and every one of you as a unique individual. None like you. We all have unfair things happen to us. It's part of life. And Krishna assures us that He sees it, and if we trust Him and keep moving forward, He's going to not only settle our case, but exact punitive damages against the wrongdoers. He'll not only settle the case just to bring you out and restore what you had before the troubles came, but he'll bring you out better off than you were before. What does that mean? Your enemies are working for you. Because you passed the test and overcame a double dose of trouble, your award is going to be double. Your enemies did you a favor. Thank them. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Rama. When you let Krishna God settle your case, it will come out so much better. Why? Because God is capable of thoroughly administering justice, much more so than we could ever do ourselves. In the final analysis, forgiveness is an act of faith. By forgiving another, I am trusting that God is a better justice maker than I am. By forgiving, I release my right to get even and leave all issues of fairness for God to work out. I leave in God's hands the scales that must balance justice and mercy. Prabhupada gives the example of the kitten and the rat. In the mouth of the cat, the kitten feels love, isn't it? All the little kittens are carried around by the back of the neck. If you go wander our properties, you might run across our gray Krishna temple cat named Mother. And he will certainly beg from you a lot of, a lot of pets. If you want to do the thing that makes him feel most happy, just grab that loose skin on the back of his neck and just lift it up a little bit. He likes that more than anything because that reminds him of the times when his mother used to carry him around like that. So in the jaws of that cat, the kitten feels only love. But in those same jaws, the rat feels cruel death. So how God interacts with us, it's up to us. We can challenge him. We can avoid him. We can minimize him. We can be the rough independent John Wayne, Clint Eastwood kind of a hero and take matters of justice in our hands. Every movie, every book you read, it's all about justice, it's all about retribution, it's all about payback. I don't know about your generation, but my generation, Clint Eastwood, make my day. How about Arnold Schwarzenegger? I'm your worst nightmare. We need different images than images of visually impaired, limited thinking, infinitesimal living entities presuming to take 
matters of justice into their own hands. Don't get sour because something of value was lost or taken or stolen from you. Or a co-worker got your promotion. A friend or family member took out a loan, didn't keep out their word and never paid you back. Don't get bitter. Have the faith that Krishna, God, sees the injustice. After the Pandavas faithfully underwent the 13 years of exile in the forest, they came back. Duryodhana had promised them that if you follow all the conditions of the exile, when you come back, I will give you half of your kingdom back. So when they presented themselves before Duryodhana, Duryodhana went against his word. He took back his promise. Duryodhana got in their face and he said, not only am I not going to give you half your kingdom back, but I'm not even going to give you as much land as can fit on the head of a pin. So there was the inevitable war, which lasted for 18 days. At the end of the war, that impudent Duryodhana, again, as I mentioned, lay in the dust, his thighs broken, surrounded by jackals and vultures up in the air. Not only did the Pandavas get half of their kingdom back, but they got the other half of the kingdom back. They got double what they lost, plus any potential thorns in their side. Any envious, resentful people, such as Duryodhana, were all eliminated. They got the kingdom unchallenged. Krishna restored to them at least double. Therefore, we can look at it from a certain angle of vision and say that Duryodhana did the Pandavas a favor. Because had he not opposed them, they would have only gotten back half of their kingdom. As it happened, they got back much more than that. The lesson we learn here is that we're not working under people. We're meant to work under God. To make God the center, God the beneficiary. He is a God of justice. He is a fair God. If someone's not keeping their word or playing politics, they're not giving you credit, don't try to pay them back. Instead of complaining about injustice, get up in the morning and say, things may seem unfair, but I know my Creator is fair and He will redeem me from every difficulty. We need different images before us than those of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Clint Eastwood. How about this? The Pope, some years ago, in, I think it was a previous poem, in an amazing scene, went to the man in prison who had tried to assassinate him and knelt down before him to forgive him. Another image, Nelson Mandela, when he was installed as the president of the New South Africa after having been in prison for 30 years, he invited as his special guests of honor at the inauguration the two white prison guards who had guarded his cell all of those years. Both of these men, Nelson Mandela and the Pope, knew this truth. The Lord knows everything, the Lord sees everything, and when enough is enough, He will come down and settle your case. Even if the whole world abandons you, He will adopt you as His own. And the more trouble will faithfully endure the greater will be the rewards. The more aggressive is the enemy, the greater will be the payback. If you will take 
the high road and keep moving forward, you will be honored in the presence of your enemies. So if you've kept God first place, get ready for a double dose of His goodness, a double dose of His joy, a double dose of peace, a double dose of prosperity, of vindication, of favor in this life and the next life. Go back to home, back to God. If any of that sounds good to you, you can join me in raising your arms in the air and saying, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare.